0: Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right,
1: Paul, thanks so much for the introduction, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Over the last several weeks, there's been a huge growth in the number of folks listening to Demand Gen Radio, and I am excited to... Get more people tuning in. And I'm very excited to have my guest on today's program. And I thought I would share with you how Dana and I met, because there's a lot of content that we're going to cover today. um, But I want to put some context into our first meeting and how we arrived to um, getting together here on Demand Gen Radio. So it was probably about five years ago that we first met when I was in New York City and there was the content to conversion show. And they had several different exhibitors at the show outside of the speaking sessions and Dana was there with her team and at that time she was at Marketo and I walked over to the booth and Dana and I had never met and somehow our conversation of course led into the topic of marketing automation systems and I mentioned the word Eloqua as I was introducing what DemandGen does and Dana really didn't know about my relationships at that time with Phil Fernandez and John Miller who were the founders and what struck me and still stood out to this day was your absolute passion for Marketo and marketing automation. So, Dana, thank you for joining me on the program uh, today. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. And you have a, a good memory to remember that. I actually do remember that show, I, particularly the the staying um, at the Yotel. Um, in New York, that was a very memorable yeah. experience, like that tiny little capsule hotel. Yeah. Um, but I loved that event.
1: Yeah, for those of you who never stayed in New York, at the Yotel, one of the really interesting things is it's fully automated. So you check in, and there's no human beings at the uh, at the front of the hotel. And even if you want to check in your luggage, there's a robotic arm like you'd see on an assembly line. at a a Tesla plant that actually takes your luggage and stores it in a cubby. It's amazing. Definitely different hotel experience. The other reason that I want to have you on the program, you probably didn't catch this, but right around the time that the country was celebrating International Women's Day was when I reached out to you and said, would you like to be on the program? And the reason I did that is not only did I remember our first meeting and just your passion for marketing automation and marketing technology, but I've been so impressed with your successes and contributions to the marketing technology area, and um, we'll get into a little bit about your book that you wrote several years ago, but let's let's go back. I mean, you're at Bright Funnel now as their VP of marketing and business development, but I want to start off talking about um, life at Marketo again, because, again, I have a vivid memory of what you shared, so talk a little bit about the cultural experience that you had uh, when you were there, and um, let's start there.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, marketo was really the beginning of of my career and, and, and an incredibly important experience for me in so, so many ways. Um, when I came into marketo, I came in to rank content marketing. Um, Maria Pergolino was the uh, you know leader of marketing kind of at the time, and she's the one that hired me. I actually didn't even know what what content marketing was at the time um, when i when I joined marketo, which was, I guess, you know five, six ish years ago. Uh, Maybe maybe a little bit more, but just, you know, hearing about what, what, what they were doing over there and what content was, you know, writing, really that combination of, you know, writing creatively, which is something that I was very passionate about, as well as, you know, being able to use, you know, some of the business skills that I had was really exciting. And, you know, working at Marketo, it was, you know, we worked with some incredible people. I did eventually work for John. Um, who, who really taught me pretty much everything I know about content marketing and was an amazing, amazing mentor. Um, but one of the, the most you know, awesome and special things about Marketo was really the people that I work side-by-side with every day. You know, the people that I've worked with over the years from you know, pre-IPO Marketo to post-IPO, those are some of the best people that I've ever seen in you know, multiple different functions within marketing. Um, And I was really lucky in that I was, you know, writing a lot of content because I got to spend a lot of time uh, to learn what all those folks did on a day-to-day. And I really, you know, understood what it was to run a, you know, marketing machine. And, you know, I think that from working side-by-side with people, you know, like Heidi Bullock and uh, John Miller really prepared me a lot more than than I thought to expand my career kind of beyond content into you know managing marketing holistically um across the across the full team you know and i think that there are obviously a lot of there's some aspects of marketo that were that were difficult it was a very hard driving environment um there was a lot of goals a lot to do and a lot of expectations but you know there was so much excitement around around the company that people wanted to be there they wanted to you know work hard and work late and you know i've I've never seen a marketing team, you know, like the marketing team at Marketo, um, and so that was a really, you know, exciting, powerful experience for me.
1: Yeah, a lot of people in Silicon Valley, you know, I've, I've uh, LinkedIn was a client of ours for years, and I would go down there quite often and meet with the team there, and it was a particular environment, large company, and I, you know, they they have all the restaurants and they have all the beanbag chairs for for everybody, and you know, it's it's kind of campus life meets the work environment and when you're at Marketo like you said you guys run very very hard and still to this day and and uh, what's nice to see you know you mentioned John Miller and Maria um, all good friends of mine and colleagues of mine and David Kane and Heidi you know as tough as the environment may have been there and as hard as everybody worked those teams are still working together you know Heidi just joined John's team right and Mm so you know hard work doesn't have to mean that it's not fun work. It's exciting and thrilling to make such contributions. And again, back to that time when we first met was really at the time when Marquetta was branching out from its SMB focus more to the mid-market and enterprise. And you guys Mm -hmm. had some really tough competition at that time and have done just an exceptional job growing and expanding uh, the business. You talk about being a machine. You are a machine. And John and the team there, I mean, the amount of content (laughs) that you guys created... On all these relevant topics, I mean, you and I are both authors and writing about lead management and lead generation, but the definitive guide series and the blog posts okay. and the eBooks, and just the tremendous number of webinars and videos that came out of that group was like their own, your own publishing department. And I think that's how you've kind of always led it and run it is that this constant, almost like an editorial team for for a newspaper or a magazine that you guys are constantly thinking of relevant topics that people want to read about and your ability to get that down on paper, nicely formatted, you know, very readable and very approachable content that people want to get. It was a not only great content for educating the market, but I have no doubt a tremendous demand generation force for, you know, generating leads at the at the company.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the content uh, that we created at Marketo was definitely prolific, um, we did use the content for every single demand gen program that we ran. Um, and the team actually over there, we were, we were small. I mean, at, my, at the team's largest size, I had uh, two people that worked for me. Um, and so, you know, and that was towards the end of my time there. So, that, you know, and that was the, the largest we ever were. Um, it was really a lot of, you know, process development, um, you know, how do you create process to get this stuff done, you know, quickly and of high quality. Um, leveraging outsource folks, but like the right outsource people, whether it was design or um, or writing, you know, I was very very careful on who I I worked with externally. And then you know, I, I think so. If I were to have like a marketing superpower, I know you didn't ask this question, <laughs> but it's relevant. Um, if I were to have a marketing superpower, it would be like writing really fast. Um, and so I'm a very I, I write really fast this type of content. Um, and so I was able to, you know, put out a high volume, even at times when I was, you know, writing by myself, just because, you know, I, I had my, my stride down. I knew how to get through a document quickly. Um, obviously I got to know, you know, what the expectations were from John and the team. Um, and that helped me kind of get things done quickly. And, you know, again, quality was always very, very important to me. Um, so yeah, so I, I write really fast. That (laughs) helps.
1: My secret, I don't do it as much as I used to, but uh, Nuance was a client of ours. Uh, We did their marketing automation deployment. I worked for them for years. And while, when we were working with them, they mentioned how much their Dragon Naturally Speaking platform had evolved. And so I downloaded, I think it was version 10. And I used that for years, especially as I was drafting my book, I would you know, dictate and have those transcribed and then go back and make the edits of it. And even today, like this Demand Gen Radio podcast, we will send this file to a service bureau who will use those tools and import it and translate it into copy that we will then later use on our blog. So, you know, it's like you said, just to get it out from your head through your fingers to the keyboard, you know, unless you can type uh, what speaking is about 150 words a minute, most people can't type that fast. So, um you have a gift definitely let's talk about (laughs) life after that you you know you wrote this book at at around the same time Mm -hmm. what was the whole inspiration and, and motivation for those of you who don't know or haven't grabbed a copy um dana is the author of lead generation for dummies which you can get on amazon uh or find booksellers and um what was the inspiration motivation for the book
2: Yeah, so a lot of that was actually, like, right place at the right time um, for for that one. So Wiley, for their Dummy series, and and I think they've changed um, how they source writers now, but um, back when the book was being produced, so they had actually approached me um, to write it uh, because, you know, Marketo had written so much content already on lead generation, and, you know, they thought of us as the experts in the space on lead generation. So they actually approached me to write the book, um, and, you know, then I went through the whole editorial process with them, um, which I did have to, you know, kind of pitch it to them, like they did want me to do a proposal, like a full book proposal, um, which they proposed to their team, but I hadn't, you know, thought of writing a full-length book um, up until that point. And one of the other really cool things about Marketo is that Marketo was really very supportive of building people's brands internally across the marketing organization. So they believed that, you know, in order for the company to really up-level, they wanted multiple people on the team to, like, be known out there and to have their brand. Um, and so one of the things that you know, John would push me to do was to go out there and speak, um, to do webinars, to, you know, get my name out there, which originally was something I was very uncomfortable with when I first joined. Um, But having done it, you know, over and over again, um, and then, you know, other people in the marketing department as well were also doing the same thing. So Marquette was very supportive of the book project um, when I brought it to them because, you know, it would require a lot of my time to actually write it. And so I, um, you know, did speak with them and and got their buy-in, and they were, you know, overall very supportive of, of me doing that, which was really cool because, you know, not a lot of companies, you know, are supportive for kind of independent-type projects, um, but they saw it as something that would be good for them. I mean, it's, you know, there is a lot of information on my experience at Marketo in the book and how we ran marketing at Marketo. So, you know, of course that was advantageous to them, also to have somebody on their staff that was a published author, um, and so that was, you know, kind of the genesis of that project.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, as, a, as a fellow author, I know the amount of effort that it takes to uh, craft and get that book out, and I think it's awesome for you to not only create it, but as you said, for your company to, to support and um, uh you know allow you the time to make such a contribution hey we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back i'm here with dana rothman and we're going to talk about life after marketo and uh, some other advice that she's going to share for women in the workplace and marketers in general we'll be right back
0: have you ever wondered if there's a great book on modern marketing well there is and it's called manufacturing demand it's written by modern marketing guru david lewis it's the number one book on lead generation and guess what it's yours for free today as a demand gen radio listener. In the book, David teaches you how to create your demand factory, how to align sales and marketing, how to set up your demand funnel, and he provides you blueprints of the best practices for lead scoring, lead nurturing, and marketing analytics, plus the book Manufacturing Demand gives you plenty of actionable tips and recommendations as well as real-world case studies for how leading companies like yours are achieving tremendous results applying these principles it's a demand gen radio listener you can download a free copy today manufacturingdemand.com forward slash vip don't wait grab your copy today just go to manufacturingdemand.com forward slash vip or you can pick up a hard copy at Amazon.com or other fine booksellers by searching for the book Manufacturing Demand. All right, we're back with Dana, and uh, let's let's talk about life after Marketo.
1: Um, you spent about a year and a half at EverString, and now you are running marketing at Brightfunnel. So talk a little bit about what uh, brought you into the predictive area and what's um, shifted you over into the analytics and reporting side of MarTech.
2: Sure. So, you know, going over to Everstring, um, you know, I was ready for a new challenge having been at Marketo for, you know, over three years. It was time for a new challenge. Um, and then I'd met JJ, the uh, CEO of Everstring, through actually Maria Pergolino, who I used to work with at Marketo. And my, you know, initial role over there was to go and run content, brand. So, you know, design would fall under my team as well as social. Um, so kind of an inbound team. Um, and what was exciting was, you know, what they were doing. So, you know, machine learning, uh, predictive analytics was something that was, like, very new and interesting. Um, I, You know, they were going through their Series B funding process. So, you know, I knew that the Series B was coming down the line, which was exciting. And then also really expanding my skill set into something that was a little bit beyond content was, um, was exciting to me. Um, and then so when I went to EverString, you know, over time, um, just based on, I mean, honestly, like, there's there was so much that I learned at Marketo about how to run a demand gen team and how to run, really, a demand engine, you know, how to do events, how to... Uh, you know, do programs, even operations, I, you know, found that I really knew a lot about that stuff from like osmosis or from just writing about it constantly. Um, and so over time, I ended up uh, taking over the, the full marketing department at EverString and, you know, managing folks that were in demand gen roles and operations roles and event roles. Um, And we did some really, really interesting, very interesting, cool campaigns over there, big parties, uh, you know, fun stuff. Um, But what was most exciting at that moment in my career was the ability to, you know, really lead a team and to do more than just content. Because at the time when I took the role at EverString, I didn't really know, you know, if I wanted to be like a CMO or a VP of marketing, I, I kind of was like, well, Maybe I'll just be, you know, I want to be like a chief content officer. I want to be a VP of content because I loved it so much. Um, but I found that I loved the other aspects of marketing really kind of just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the big things at EverString was when I got there was really building out the, the tech stack, um, making sure we had the right tools for success. And one of the tools that I brought on early on was uh BrightFunnel, so a you know marketing attribution reporting platform. Having coming from uh Marketo, Marketo was obviously a very um, metrics-oriented business. Um, you know, we were always um, you know asked to look at metrics, um, we understood what should be should be looked at, and we use metrics in our planning for how we plan from a quarterly perspective, from a content perspective. And so I wanted to bring on something that would help us build um, our foundation um, based on, you know, analytics and metrics and what was performing and what wasn't. Because to me, like, well, that was the only way that I was going to effectively plan. Um, You know, I need to know what's working and what's not. And then ultimately, you know, getting that seat at the table. So proving my marketing's value to the CEO and to the board. So we brought on Bright Funnel. And. You know, as time went on at EverString, when I thought through my, um, you know, entire marketing stack, and and we had a lot of different tools there, um, and what the things were that were most important to me, you know, Bright Funnel kept coming up over and over again as something that was incredibly important to not only me, but to my team as well. So, you know, I trained my team. Everyone went into Bright Funnel to see, you know, how their programs were performing, whether it was how events were performing, how social media was performing, um, how content or programs. And it was such a critical piece of how we ran our business. Um, And I was so passionate about the platform. So when the opportunity came up to come over to Bright Funnel and to build out the marketing department um, there, you know, I jumped on it because it was a piece of software that I was so passionate about. Um, And then you know, a bright funnel. Not only have I had the opportunity to, you know, build out the, the core marketing team, but I also run the sales development team as well, which is, a, you know, a new skill and a new team that I haven't previously run. So that, you know, comes with its own set of learnings and set of challenges that has been been really interesting. So since I've joined, um, I think my team is about like 11 or 12 people now between marketing and our SDRs, um, who we, we actually call them account development reps, but most people know that group as um, as
1: SDRs. Well, you've worked with some good folks. Nadim over there is, is lucky to have you. Um, I met him when the company was really first getting going, and uh, had the chance to meet JJ about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And you know what's nice this year is as you as you remember last year during the conferences, Everstring was throwing a big party, and DemandGen was throwing a big oh, party. Yeah. And I DJed at, at, at our party, and I remember sitting there in the audience and then hearing Will Smith say later on that he was going to be hanging out with <laughs> DJ Jazzy, Jeff at yours. I'm like, wow, I've got some tough competition uh, that night. But uh, both parties were a huge success. And this year, hey, we're, we're teaming up together, which is which is great. We've got the conferences right around the corner. Let's talk about, I mean, you know, look at your career, right? You, you start off in marketing roles, move into content marketing as a senior content uh, marketer at Marketo, spent several years there really just cranking stuff out, then become director of content marketing over at EverString, then their VP of marketing, and now you're the VP of marketing uh, and BizDev, and that's a huge career ascension for the last several years. Congratulations. Uh, since it was International Women's Day when, when we talked about coming on the program, what advice would you give to your younger self? You get to look back now and share with you know uh, people that are listening in and maybe haven't reached that ascension yet, and if you go to Bright Funnels website and you look at the leadership team, there is one female and it's you. So maybe share some advice about how other women can make contributions and um, have the kind of success that you've had. I think it'd be great
2: insights. Yeah. So I mean, when I when I gosh when I was younger, <laughs> I was I was a pretty shy person and 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 kind of unsure about. You know, about myself and, you know, was afraid to like speak up during class. Marketo changed a lot of that for me, um, which, you know, is another reason why, you know, I'm so grateful for that experience there because at Marketo, I really taught, uh, you know, they, they, um, I really learned to, to speak up, to be heard, and people listened to, you know, what I had to say, so, which, which was great. You know, one of the things that I would tell my younger self is, you know, definitely to, trust in yourself and, you know, keep pushing forward and you do have, you know, interesting things to say that people care about. Um, I think, you know, generally, general advice for, you know, women as they move up in their career, I am, you know, one thing about me is that I, you know, I definitely speak my mind. Um, I don't get, I'm not concerned about people thinking that, you know, I'm bitchy or aggressive, which is often... Um, the way that a lot of women in leadership roles get characterized, um, and, you know, and that's enabled me to have that seat at the table and to, you know, just always voicing my opinion, um, showing results. I'm a very action-oriented, you know, execution-focused person, Um, and so, you know, I've been able to to show those results um, and, you know, work at the level of um, executive teams, but, you know, I view myself as you know, an equal to everyone else on my team, and you know, they, they view me that way as well. And you know, I am very forthcoming um, with my thoughts and you know what I think that we should be doing. Um, and so I, I try not to fall into a lot of those traps that I find you know a lot of other of my you know female counterparts um, sometimes falling into um, by you know not speaking their mind or being apologetic. Um, so that's you know one thing that's been helpful for me, and then you know, I've, I've just personally always been kind of a scrappy, scrappy person, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, throughout my younger years. And, you know, I worked, um, I worked full time through college and, you know, understood what it was like to, um, you know, have to support myself and to work full time while, you know, going to school. Um, and I just always kind of pushed forward. And so as I've seen my, my career kind of move up in, in heights, it's just, You know what do i want and whatever you know whatever i want it's just like i push forward to to get that and to have conviction and the fact that i can do it i mean taking over some of these roles um in in these different companies that i've never done before i mean even something like taking over the 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 fdr team i mean that's not something that i've done before um it's also not something that i've had a ton of exposure to But, you know, my, the way that I've always played it is, you know, yes, I'm confident that I can, that I can figure it out and confident that I can get it done. Um, and you know, that confidence I think really resonates with, um, you know, leaders in a company.
1: Great, great advice, um, about leaning in, speaking up, having confidence and not apologizing. Um, it brings me back. I coached, uh, soccer. I have two daughters. They're now 21 and 19 and my daughters when i would coach them whether it was softball or soccer the amount of apologizing that would happen on the mm-hmm. field like if someone threw the ball from shortstop to first and maybe overthrew it it was always met with i'm sorry you know like it's my fault and i would actually have to teach the girls stop apologizing don't apologize there's a time and a place for apologizing
2: sure yeah but, absolutely
1: but but you know there's also you know, you don't need to do a lot of it, or as often as you need to. Um, certainly in in the in the workforce, and having that confidence. Also, I heard you know, being fearless, taking on new risks, doing things that you haven't done before. Mm-hmm. You were not a VP of marketing at some point. You're like, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to go for it. The worst that can happen is you fail, and the thing that can happen right. more often is you're going to succeed and build upon that success. Success, which you've been doing. Um, so that's 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 great advice for your younger self and for other people. Uh, listening in. What's what's nice is there are so many women in the field of marketing, and it's a it's one discipline and one function <clears throat> that I believe certainly is is gender neutral, and it's really up to each of us um, to to rise in our careers to the level that we're capable of and to learn the skills that we need to do. Whether you are male or female, it's it's certainly a great uh, environment for. For both men and women so congratulations again on all of your success um we're going to need Thank to wrap you. it up i can't believe the time always goes by so quickly uh the nice thing is you and i have a chance to work together once again coming up the next couple of weeks at the the trade shows that we'll both be at at uh, summit yes. and also trade in vegas season. it is uh there's i guess f- <laughs> yeah four major shows uh coming up yeah and, uh, nice for our firms to be working together and for you and i to take that first uh, meeting that we had several years ago and continue to build on our relationship. So, Dana, thank you for coming on the program, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. That's going to wrap up this edition of Demand Gen Radio, and I hope you guys uh, feel free to to spread the word and get more listeners on the program. And if you do see Dana coming up, be sure not to shake her hand, because she just broke it in several places, so give her a big hug. And (laughs) tell her you heard her on Demand Gen Radio. Thanks, everybody.
2: Yeah, thanks so much.